I'm Chris Turner, and this is Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. Joining me, as always, are Ryan and Gayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Chris. I wanted to have you guys on so we could talk about something that I think a lot of foster and adoptive parents may not think about that could be a big help uh, in helping their children, and that's mindfulness. So, Kayla, what is mindfulness? You know, it's one of those buzzwords that you hear a lot, mm-hmm. and I kind of was like, I don't know what that the means. Cover of Time magazine, <laughs> yeah, recently. Oh, did was it yeah, really? I think so. Hmm. I, it was one of those words that I kept hearing, and I'm like, I, I don't even know what that means. It's like one of those kind of in my mind, it kind of was like those like new agey kind of mm. terms, you know, like it just a little too hippie for you. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. But then when I started really kind of paying it, <laughs> paying attention, that's really what it is, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just paying attention. And like Kurt Thompson says in Anatomy of the Soul, he talks about paying attention to what you're paying attention to, right? Mm-hmm. And we live in this this busy world where everything is go, 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 move, move, move. And then we go, oh, I forgot to eat, you know, or, oh, I, I know. And I, I always remember hearing people say that and I'm like, how do you forget to eat? But I found myself doing that sometimes because... I'm not paying attention to my body and to the signals. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm somewhere where I can't eat anything and then I'm, I can't ignore it. Right. And so we really, I guess I really started talking about this and kind of really researching it as we started um, a teen group last spring. Mm-hmm. And in the teen group, we wanted to kind of help them to become more mindful so that they can stay really present in the moment, especially in stressful situations because our teens, especially, you know, the kids that are from hard places, they tend to check out of really hard situations. Mm-hmm. Either they flee from them or they completely freeze up and they don't know what to do. And I think a lot of that stems from just not paying attention to those cues that their body's giving them that it's too stressful beforehand. Right. And so if we can teach our kids to be mindful and to pay attention to their bodies, then we can help them before they get to that point of freezing or running away or fleeing in their mind, right? Some of our kids completely dissociate and and just check out of the situation and they don't even know they're doing it. And so if we can help them to be more grounded and more mindful of what's going on in this minute, what is my body telling me? What does my body need? Mm. I mean, we talk about it some, I guess, when we're talking about our kids and empowering them by giving them water and food and but we can kind of begin to start saying, well, what does your body need right now? Right. And does more, your body that's need more something to drink? Us being mindful about their bodies. And this right. is more about getting them to be mindful. Yes. Because ultimately we don't want them to be 14 and having to still say, have you had any water to drink today? <laughs> right. right. We want them to just to get to that place where they are paying attention. And they go, oh, I need something to drink. I'm thirsty. I'm going to go get something to drink. Right. So I think mindfulness is just a a word that some of us just don't even really quite grasp or maybe have just kind of ignored mm-hmm. a little bit. But when we really think about it, I think it it's a really important thing to talk about. Yeah, so um, on Friday afternoon on the way home from work, I had to stop at the grocery store to grab a couple of things. 
And um, the reason that I remember this so clearly is because I took a picture of it. And mm. there's a special, the September special edition of Time magazine has a woman with a really peaceful look on her face. And it says, mindfulness, the new science of health and happiness. Mm -hmm. So Time recently devoted a whole special edition of their magazine to, to mindfulness. So it is something that is really kind of catching on culturally. But, you know, like you said, it is just about paying attention. I remember after the Empire Connect conference earlier this year, uh, one of the comments back was um, this lady said, you know, people kept talking about mindfulness, mindfulness, and I didn't know what that meant until somebody stood up there and said, it's just pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I can do that. <laughs> I can't practice mindfulness, but I can pay attention. <laughs> well, going back to something Kayla said a few minutes ago about, you know, sometimes our kids need to be bored. That's a part of that whole mindfulness mm -hmm. exercise, you know? Yeah. You put the phone down, you know, there's no iPad, there's no screen. And, um, I was, I was listening to another podcast recently and they interviewed, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to slaughter her name, but I'm going to try my best here. Manoush Zumarodi. She wrote a book called Bored and Brilliant, how spacing out can unlock your most productive and creative self. And that's kind of Interesting. her, that's kind of her premise of, you know, put the screens down, get away from it, you know, be bored for yeah. a little while. Yeah. And, you know, we hear that complaint a lot from our kids, right? I'm bored. Mom, I got nothing to do. And, yeah. You know, and yet if you allow your kid to be bored, sometimes you'll be amazed at the creative ways they end up entertaining themselves. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of being bored, tonight when we put the kiddos to bed, um, our nine-year-old um, is learning to play the guitar. And so she has like a half-scale guitar in her bedroom. And so... I went into the bedroom with the girls tonight uh, when they went down, and I usually they'll you know usually play my one of my guitars, but I just picked up Brooklyn's guitar, and was sitting playing it. And our five-year-old said to me, "Can you stop playing, please?" I said, "Why?" She said, "Because your playing is just boring." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, Thanks a lot. <laughs> but when she tells me that tomorrow night, I'm gonna say, "Mr. Chris said that you need to be bored." <laughs> so zip it. I'm gonna keep playing. <laughs> I think it's so funny, though, because we do live in such a keep going, you've got to be entertained all the time, mm -hmm. that when we ask our kids just to sit still, they have a really hard time with it. Yeah. And then we complain because our kids can't sit still at school, <laughs> right? And then we're like, every kid's got ADHD, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't know how to sit still because no one's ever made them just kind of like, Walk them Stop. Through it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it has to be taught. It's not, and it also has to be modeled for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And we, as parents don't model this very well. Right. We're constantly doing stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. anytime I, I, I can't just sit in a waiting room. Mm -hmm. I have to have something to do when I'm in the waiting room. Right. It used to be that if you were in the waiting room, you just talk to people around you in a waiting room. Right. Well, think about your anxiety in that waiting room when you discover that they don't have free Wi-Fi or they have slow Wi-Fi. You know, yes. Like, oh, dude, I don't have unlimited data. I can't watch anything. Yes. <laughs> what am I going to do? And he's like, start feeling like, like you're a, like you're going through withdrawals. Like, you have, like I feel like my breath gets fast and shallow and I like, so we've taught Sweating. our kids this, yeah. right? I mean, we've taught our kids we need to be entertained all the time. And like we went to the grocery store the other day and our teenage son was with me and he had like the over the ear headphones mm -hmm. and his phone and was going to walk around the grocery store with me with the headphones on. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I said, no, no, you're leaving the headphones in the car. And he goes, 
but I have them half off, so I can still hear you if you need to say something to me. And I was like, like, not the point, sweetheart. That's not the point. Leave it in the car. You don't need two audio inputs. Okay, you can't. Yeah, I mean, it was just so... It's just when you start to think about it, we have created these monsters, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, and we haven't taught our kids how to be mindful. And just helping our kids learn to be mindful can help with so many things, with things like attention. Mm -hmm. It can help our kids um, learn to listen to their bodies Mm -hmm. and learn to listen to what what do their bodies need, you know. And there's so many ways you can practice mindfulness. I mean, I just did a quick Google search and I got like, you know, a gazillion returns on right. mindfulness for kids, right? Like, um, what did you guys do in the teen group? So the other day in the teen group, we we took those, you know, those visual timers where you can kind of turn them upside down and the little bubbles the come down and, and the goo falls yeah. down and you watch it and it, you know, it takes two or three minutes for the stuff to fall down mm. or whatever. You mean an hourglass for people who can't pay attention to something as simple <laughs> as an hourglass? Basically, okay, yes. Yeah, just checking. It's like those high-tech hourglasses. <laughs> no, no, no. Some of our audience may not know what an hourglass is. <laughs> That's possible. I mean, let's be fair here. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Egg timer. Oh, there you Egg go. Egg timer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the visual timers are, um, there's, they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, right? So we have a ton of them. So we've got this group of teenagers. There's about nine teenagers that are all adopted and we tell them each to pick out one of these timers. So some of them have glitter and some of them have goo and some of them, they all do different things. So we say, pick which one you like the best. And we're going to set a timer for one minute. And we want you to say nothing, do nothing, except for look at this thing for one minute, Mm -hmm. right? We're thinking one minute's not very long. Mm -mm. Well, I'll say for me, it was like excruciatingly painfully long. (laughs) And so we get to the end of the time and my co-leader, she says, okay, time's up. Now I challenged you guys a little bit and I went beyond the one minute. How long do you think we did this for? And one of the teenagers is like five minutes. It was so long. (laughs) Another one's like, yeah, I think it was just three or four minutes. Right. (laughs) And she goes, it was a minute and 28 seconds. (laughs) And they were like, no way. It was so long. And it was just a very simple thing. I mean, a few of them bailed like within, you know, five seconds, they Mm. were like done and chatting and we were trying to get them to just at least try. Mm. One of them almost fell asleep. I'm like, I don't know how you fall asleep in that short a time, but she's like, I just couldn't do it. Like she couldn't, she, she kept thinking about other things. Like Mm. the goal was just to think about what's happening in that timer. Like, wow, I see it swirling around or I see it. Right. Just paying attention to this. Right. And she was like, I kept thinking about all these other things. And finally I was just like, ah, this is frustrating. And she just closed her (laughs) eyes. So it was so funny though, just to see this. And so, you know, just some little simple activities like that, or so our kids therapist, we were talking about different ways you can do this and kind of, you know, we talk about nurture and, and putting a lot of nurture into our relationships with our kids, right? right? In creative ways. And so one of the things we like to do is feeding, right? So we feed our kids things, which seems really odd. And mm. uh, we do it in our teen groups too. And they think it's really odd. Um, <laughs> and so with one of our kiddos the other day, I actually took um, some like little fruit. I don't know what you call them. 
my kids call them fruit bits, but like little... Um, Just little fruit gummies. Yeah, little gummies, yeah. right? And they've got different flavors. And so I said, okay, I'm going to feed and, these and to you. And how old is this child in This particular? child's nine. Okay, so right? this is for something for younger kids. A little bit younger, yeah. Right. And you could do this with even younger than that kids. You could do that this with. And so I said, okay, close your eyes. I'm going to feed you these, and you have to tell me what flavor it is, mm. right? And now our therapist said, even if they don't get it right... Just good job. You don't have to say, yeah, you got it right. You could just say, all right, good job. Even if they guess like completely wrong flavor, right? But you're getting them to pay attention to what's in their mouth. Right. And what, what their, what flavor is that? The texture, right. the flavor, yeah, the whole experience of, of it. Yeah. And then for older kids, she said to get um, some like graham cracker, not graham crackers, uh, like animal crackers. They mm. have some that you can buy that have like letters on them. Oh. And so she said, give them really easy letters like X and O and things like that and put it in their mouth and have them figure out what letter is on there. Right. And so I was going to try this with our teen group, but I couldn't find the darn cookies. <laughs> right. So I'd seen them the week before and this week I couldn't find them when I wanted them. So I got animal crackers instead. And I, told him they had to figure out which animal it was. Mm. It was a big flop because it's really hard to <laughs> tell really which right. animal. Card. But the kids actually really liked it and they were really trying to figure out which one it was. It was just really hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Just a really simple, I could add nurture. So I'm feeding you mm. and I'm giving you this nurturing, doing this nurturing activity, but I'm also helping you with paying attention. Okay, right. what is it that's in my mouth? What am I feeling? What do I... What shape is that? I mean, it was amazing. It took this group of of nine teenagers who were pretty dysregulated most of the night. And this was one of the last activities that we did. Mm. And they were all quiet and like watching the person that had the food in their mouth just to see what is it? Can they guess what mm. it is? You know, I mean, it was so funny that something I thought was kind of a silly activity, but I wanted to try it and see. It really worked really well. And I think it's good. I mean, it was a way to practice mindfulness and to give them some nurture in that feeding. And they had fun because they thought it was a game. And they had fun because it was yeah. a game. Exactly. And there's also the possibility of watching your friend fail. So that's... <laughs> to make fun of them later so that's on. Enticing, yeah. yes. That's enticing, yes. That's enticing, yes. Let's not ever forget the uh, failure potential and how much value that has uh, in engaging people. Yes. Not just teenagers, just people. Yes. <laughs> Let's be honest. So there's one exercise activity that has long had a mindfulness practice component to it, and that's yoga. Oh, yeah. We love yoga. And, and yes. yeah, you have a, a nice, fun yoga story about with your kids. Yeah. So um, Kayla and I, um, I, I don't know if anybody else can identify with this, but when I grew up, the only people I knew who went to yoga uh, was my mom and her friends. Mm. So I grew up with this idea that yoga was something that, that women did mm. and men didn't go to yoga class. And I think a lot of people did that, grew up with that idea because... Um, we started going to yoga class and Kayla's like, you want to come with me? And I'm like, sure. And I got in there and most weeks it was either me and one other guy and a room full of women or me and a room full of women. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe, uh, maybe other men think that it, that it's a, um, a, a, a ladies exercise activity. But I will tell you this. I now know why men avoid yoga. It is so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh man. Like, like we do like an hour long class and, um, most most of the time, I would I couldn't finish it because I just like would be I feel like queasy. It was just such 
a workout. But one of the things that I really, really loved about it is um, it's really low impact. So as I get older, it's much something I can do a lot easier. Right. But um, she has this, this like you know, instrumental music in the background the whole time. The lights are dim. The uh, air is pretty cold in the room that we didn't need to do the hot yoga, but this, they made this room pretty cold. And she's really talking about paying attention to your body. What is your body telling you? You need to listen to your body. Don't do this if your body's telling you you can't. Just over and over, let's say that you need to be tuned into what your body's saying and what you're doing. And so we have a great time with it. It is, you feel really great, like after like the fourth or fifth week, because the first four weeks you're just like, it, 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 it is amazing how you're tired sore. I was. You're sore in places you didn't know you could be sore. Yes, and, yeah. and I'm like, how did I do this? We're just stretching for the most part. And then she'd do stuff like do these poses, and I'm like, like I'd literally like stand up and like kind of like walk like in a half moon to try to figure out what the heck she was doing because I'm like, how would a human do that? Um, but some of our kids would come to a, come with us to the yoga class, and they really enjoyed it. And so you know, it's at the YMCA, so they were pretty laid back. It wasn't like adults only or whatever. Right. But um, the kids would come, and they would really really like that. And so then Kayla found. Um, what's it called? Cosmic yoga with yeah, the kids. Yeah, cosmic on, kids on yoga. Yeah. Yeah, we found this. Um, somebody told me about it. I can't remember. I was at a, at a group of moms. We were talking, and they were like, oh, have you seen this Cosmic Kids? And I was like, what? So I, I searched for it, and I put it on, and my kids think it is amazing, like four-year-old and up. Mm. Wow. My tweens and teens kind of think it's a little cheesy, a little but cheesy. <laughs> but for the younger, reaction, yeah, yeah, that for, wrong. I mean, they could they could totally do it. You could put the teenager in charge of doing yoga with the younger kids mm. if you have a big age span like we do. But you know, from four to probably ten, they think it's really cool, and they really like it. And they have to pay attention. They have to pay attention to what she's asking them to do. But what's really neat about it is she tells like a story. So it keeps their attention in that she's telling the story, but they have to pay attention to what can my body do? How can mm. my body move? And so it, it is a, a form of mindfulness. It's a mindfulness type activity um, that can kind of introduce those really young kids mm-hmm. um, to some of this mindfulness and just kind of, it's really relaxing and, you know, my kids just think it's really fun. It's about 20 to 25 minutes long. Most of the little episodes are, but they're free on YouTube. So yeah, we'll try to link to one or two on in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. They're fun. It's funny that you should, we, we talk about yoga because uh, in 2016, I took a trip over to Rwanda to go work with some kids uh, that we sponsor over there. And one of the members of our team was a yoga instructor. And so every day, we, she had about a 45 minute to an hour thing of yoga that she led the kids to. I say kids, you know, we're, we're mostly teenagers. And gotcha. uh, they, it was so fun watching them that first day where they're all awkward and kind of, you know. Trying gig- to figure it out. Giggling about it. Yeah, this is kind of weird and funky. And, and then that last day when they were all so into it because they totally got that mindfulness aspect of it of, because, you know, a lot of these kids are dealing with a lot of anxiety. Right. And getting getting them to a place where they could, you know, figure out, oh, this breathing exercise is really helping calm me down. Yeah. And that was kind of our intent of, you know, we were only there for a week. What yeah. are some tools that we can give them to fall back to, you know, yeah. after we're gone? And that was one of the things. 
and uh, you know we, we kind of hear back from them and they're still talking about how much fun they had with yoga so well and it's such a simple thing you know and like you said the the breathing aspect of it that's another simple thing you can do with really young kids mm. that's one of the things that we've taught our younger kids from an early age we taught them when they were frustrated to just take a deep breath mm-hmm. and they have to pay attention to how they're breathing and that helps them calm down so even you know our now just recently turned 5 year old she will she will say just a minute i need to breathe no. when she's frustrated about something right because she knows that that helps her right. because from a very young age we would say okay stop and take a breath mm-hmm. And that was always something we did. So that's a that's a mindfulness thing too, is paying attention to your breathing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I just think it seems so silly when you tell people to pay attention to their breathing because mm-hmm. breathing is something we don't have to think about, right? Right? I mean, it's, your body just does it for You're you. Thinking about it now, I know, <laughs> right? But when you pay attention to your breathing, it forces you to stop and clear everything out of your mind. Mm-hmm. And only think about your breathing. Like, what are you doing? Is your stomach going out? Mm. Is your chest, how do you feel when you take a deep breath? And so it's a, it's a very simple mindfulness activity that you can do even with really young kids. Because I think this is not a, it's, it's not just a, well, you practice mindfulness with teenagers mm. or you practice mindfulness with elementary kids. It's everybody needs to practice it, mindfulness. It'll just look different depending on the yeah, age. Yeah, it'll look different. But there's different things. We did a, um, one of the things, you, uh, a mindfulness activity is called a body scan. Mm. And basically you kind of close your eyes. I'm sure it can look different. I've seen different things where you can, you know, you tell the kids to like clench like all the muscles in their body and then release them and kind of pay attention to the different ones and how they feel. I just did it one day before we started, we homeschooled. And so before we started um, doing school one morning, I said, okay, everybody close your eyes. And then I said, okay, now, you know, stick out your feet in front of you. We're all sitting around the dining room table. And so I'm like, stick out your feet in front of you. Okay, wiggle your toes. How does that feel? Do any of your toes hurt? Now twist your ankles around. And, you know, they're kind of giggling a little bit because they're like, mom's lost her cookies. She's crazy or whatever. Lost your cookies. That doesn't sound right. I don't know what that is. I think that's when you throw up. You lose. I think that's what I was thinking. I think what you, I think what you were thinking, meaning to lose, was your marbles. 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 That's the thing I was going to lose. Yeah, they thought no I'd lost my. Just insanity. I did not throw up. I lost my marbles. I think that's what they thought. I'm sure they thought something completely different because nobody ever says that phrase anymore. But You're anyways, like, marbles. <laughs> marbles. Right. I was thinking just not now. sure they even know what they What's are. A is that an Xbox game? <laughs> Not Marvel, Marble. <laughs> no. You cannot, cannot compete. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Anyways, they Did just they, they the thought I was crazy. <laughs> Marble. Yes, they just thought I was crazy, right? So we started with their toes, and I had them wiggle their toes and twist their ankles and then stretch their legs out in front of them and then, you know, push on their legs and how do your legs feel? And and we just went through their whole body, and they thought it was really weird, but it was just I wanted to just do a mindfulness activity before we started, Mm -hmm. and I can do that with all the kids. I mean, they all thought I was weird, just equally from the 4-year-old to the 14-year-old thought I was weird, (laughs) but... I got them paying attention to their body, you know, so yeah, I thought I, it was interesting. Yeah, if I can just say something about the breathing that both of you guys talked about a few minutes ago, it is amazing how just paying attention to your breathing can regulate you, right? I mean, the childbirth industry, like the Lamar's breathing, the 
Right, I mean, just think about how they, they draw that to people who go through childbirthing classes because it does help them in a moment of excruciating pain mm. kind of recenter um, and not really focus on that. And so I, I know, you know, like if I'm like kind of stressed, I'll hear myself intuitively going, <laughs> and then I kind of laugh about it and move on. But, you know, what I mean, just this, this idea that just, just breathing and paying attention to how you're breathing, mm. how much that just can help regulate somebody is really, truly amazing to me. Our band director in high school did this with us. And so I'm talking about something I remember now from yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. And that's like one day we, we walk in. I, I was in the, the, the top level band of the school. So that was like the, the one class I had every day of high school. First gotcha. first class of the day. Yeah. Because Mrs. Kataya, uh, shout out to Mrs. Kataya. Um, <laughs> she wanted, you know, her top level band practicing every single day. And kind of get us ready for the anxiety of the competitions that we were always in and towards the end of the school year. One day she just randomly said, okay, after we had warmed up, she goes, I want everybody to put your instrument down, close your eyes. And kind of the, the thing you were just talking about doing with your, your kids, you know, make fists with your toes inside your shoes, you know, clinch and then slowly release. And yeah. she kind of like, we, we like moved up our bodies, you know, you know, you know Tuck in your stomach, you know, suck in your stomach, cl clinch it really hard, and then, you know, release it. And the whole yeah. thing, it was a relaxation exercise. Mm -hmm. And so when we went to these competitions later in the year, and we were in the warm-up room before we went on stage before the judges, she would we would, we would do this exercise. Wow. And because we'd already done it, you know, kind of yeah. at random, it wasn't something we did every every day of practice. She kind of just throw it in every once in a while. Every once in a while. But we knew what, what, what to do. Yeah, and so she was doing mindfulness before mindfulness <laughs> was, was a thing. thing right? Yeah, that's funny. That's cool. That's neat. She was country when country wasn't cool. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, she was definitely not country. But I was about to say another reference. A lot of people are getting are what? Not gonna get a, what? You can Google that too. <laughs> so at the top of uh, tonight's show, Kayla, you mentioned the quote by Kurt Thompson: "You need to pay attention to what you're paying attention to," and it just so happens that. Kurt Thompson is our featured speaker at the 2017 Tapestry Conference I'm coming so up excited. in October. That's going to be awesome. The 2017 Tapestry Conference will feature Kurt Thompson, author of Anatomy of the Soul and the Soul of Shame. Dr. Thompson's work is an integral part of the Empowered to Connect parent training classes. Anatomy of the Soul is one of the books that parents read as part of the training. The Tapestry Conference will be held October 20th and 21st at Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. To find out more information and to register for the conference, go to tapestryconference.org. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you once again for being on the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Always fun to be with you guys. If you have a question for us from tonight's episode or any of our prior episodes, and you can squeeze it into 140 characters, you can tweet it to us at tapestryibc. If you need a little more room than that, and rumor has it that Twitter is expanding to 280 characters, but not to everyone right away, Nice. So if you need a little more room, you can always email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org, or you can post it on our Facebook page at Tapestry IBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or on the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our episodes, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check our show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, empoweredtoconnect.org. Thanks for listening. 